Sonic, we should start a podcast. Hey, Tails, that's a great idea. What will we talk about? Well, I don't know, something that we both know a lot about. Maybe going fast? Well, I do know a thing or two about going fast, that's for sure. Ah, uh, Sonic, you're the best. Do you want a chili dog? Do I ever. What are you two fucking talking about? Ah, uh, Eggman, scram! Gotta go fast! comes down to this one penalty kick. Can the young woman break the glass ceiling and prove once and for all that a female can be just as good an athlete as a male? You know, Amy, anytime someone calls attention to the breaking of gender roles, it ultimately undermines the concept of gender equality by implying that this is an exception and not the status quo. What? Just because I'm a meathead doesn't mean I'm not a feminist. And welcome to the hyperfixation where my friends come on the show and talk for 35 to 45 minutes about the things that excite them. Although that's approximate because I am told that the timer is a lie. I am Audrey and I use the she they pronouns and I'm your host today instead of the usual hosts because Moonshot is doing a show swap. So Roma and Jakey and Lewis are all playing a solo game for my podcast alone at the table and I am here hosting the hyperfixation for you with my guest, Aaron. Hi there. So my name is Aaron. My pronouns are he, him. And today I am excited to talk about. <laughs> well, well, first, before you tell me what you're excited to talk about, let's talk a little bit about how we know each other, how the audience can find you. Uh, so we know each other because we're married. Yes, um, I do know you. Uh, I think we went to college together. So yeah, so that. we went to college together, started dating, got married, yada yada. We live in the same house, uh, and Aaron graciously agreed to be my guest for this show because I am constantly doing podcast stuff all the time. Oh gosh, no, I'm flattered of all the immensely talented people that you talk to and hang out with. I was thrilled that uh, you asked me to be on the show. So thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the topic, Aaron. Just couple interests, things that you like. Yeah, totally. So uh, first and foremost, I am just a big nerd. I've always loved video games. I really enjoy pop culture. And as you could probably guess, as I am married to Andre, I have a very specific interest in media literacy and like how we decide what we like, why we like it, and so on and so forth. Uh, by trade, I'm a video and photographer, so really enjoy visual mediums. Um, but as you probably have figured out, video games do hold a special place in my heart which is why I've landed on what I'm talking about today. You know, I see you say that you're a big nerd, and I think that that makes you right at home with myself and the other Moonshot folks and this show specifically, because we're just here to get excited about stuff. So I guess we should stop beating around the bush. Uh, <laughs> we're here today to talk about the world of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I know. Okay, so I know that Sonic is something that you really enjoy, and it's not something that I had really any familiarity with at all 
when we started dating. So how did you first get into Sonic? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I really got to rewind to to cover that. Back when I was a kid, and I really do mean like kid, I was probably like seven. Um, I it was before my brother was born. And so I was the only child. But I, I like to say that I got the the younger sibling treatment because my babysitter that I spent, you know, five days a week with had a son that was just a little older than me. And to really wrap that up, he had a Sega Genesis with Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And I that was my first time playing uh, a Sonic game. And as other younger siblings, even just, you know, honorary younger siblings, I never got to play Sonic. I only played Tails. Uh, <laughs> you know, player one is always the older brother. As I mean, I, I did always play Mario and Super Mario Brothers. Exactly. You get it. Yeah. And so when I when my brother was born, uh, eventually I did the same thing to him. I was all, <laughs> it's, I did my time, man. I get to be Sonic The now. rite of passage. Exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, that was my first taste of playing the game. I've always really enjoyed video games. I had a, you know, SNES that I'd play with my dad. But there was something about the, you know, the, the left, right platformer, you know, running as fast as I can. That just was super fun. And I remember playing that a lot when I was over at the babysitter's house with Justin, who was a good friend growing up, uh, even though he didn't let me play Sonic. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of took root from there. I feel like when I was, oh gosh, I'd have to do some math. But, you know, I was after several years of really enjoying that Sonic game. There hit a point in time where I asked my parents if I could buy a Sonic game for my birthday. And that game was the re-release of Sonic Adventure 2 for the Nintendo GameCube. And I know that you love this game because it is the one that you have <laughs> talked about the most. Yes, yes. I, I It holds a sp- very special place in my heart. Um, but also it was an introduction to like the wider world of the characters and, you know, I... I joke that Sonic Adventure 2 was my gateway into JRPGs. And what? what? We will get to that. But it it was something that I really enjoyed and uh, has stuck with me to this day. I, I'm no longer the fanatic that I think I was. I really peaked in middle school. <laughs> you know, that is not a phrase. I feel like nobody has said those words in that order no, before. Th- and nobody ever should. Uh, let me say that my <laughs> Sonic expertise peaked in middle school. Um, but even to this day, I've always really enjoyed the games. It's something that, you know, I eventually, I really look forward to sharing with my children and I really look forward to talking about all this knowledge that's in my brain that has just never left. So, okay. Yes. So you have a lot of Sonic knowledge and I know that there have been a couple times where you have kind of tried to talk me through some of it and I have absorbed very little approximately zero percent of it yes (laughs) okay i know that he's named sonic and that he's a hedgehog and that he's blue and his catchphrase has got to go fast and also there is i'm gonna take a picture of this wall art that is staring at me right now while we record this it says sonic's the name speeds my game and has i think classic retro sonic on it that is correct that is classic retro okay hey i got that much i knew that so i knew I I knew about Sonic and I knew about Tails, but I grew up in a household where we didn't really play a lot of video games. So we had my dad's NES with Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt and like Qbert and I think a golf game maybe. And that got hooked up like twice a year tops and we had like limited computer time and then it was like my grandma had an n64 and so we didn't really have a lot of access to video games growing up which meant i missed out on the entire sonic trend and like side scrollers for a very long time i mean not side scrollers because mario is a side scroller too but 
you get what I'm saying. So I was not really familiar with it at all. And then we started dating and I knew that it was something that was a game that you had liked. We didn't talk about video games a ton when we got together, mostly because we were big film nerds, big film school nerds at the time. Uh, And so movies and TV were like our big media talking points. But then the Sonic movie was announced. Yes, specifically the uh, Paramount produced feature film with James Marsden. Right. And I mean, okay, Ugly Sonic, I'm sure we'll talk on. It's not Ugly Sonic. Is it Ugly Sonic? Uh, Yes, Ugly Sonic. Okay. Yes. (laughs) All right. So I'm sure we'll touch on that. Um, But we, uh, you had like a a get together with our friends. Like everybody went out, had margaritas. Oh, yeah. It was, oh my gosh. So that was actually a lot of fun. And I only really have one regret. And that was that we hit the margaritas really hard. And then the movie was really good. And then I was like upset with myself that I got drunk before seeing this movie. It's like, I have to go back and see it again sober. And I did. And I enjoyed it just as much. I The two of us have watched the movie three times now, I think. Oh, at least. And so that that would put your count up to like five, I think, on this movie, which has only been released like five years ago. Not even. Not Not even. So if I remember, it was actually the highest grossing film of 2020 because it came out in february uh, i believe it was valentine's day weekend of 2020 which was before the pandemic kicked off oh my god you're right it was valentine's day (laughs) which of course you know really impacted the industry so it was the highest grossing film of the year and 2020 in 20 well, can you put a little address next to that saying i guess there was maybe something that may have impacted that but also maybe it was just the best movie that came out that year i don't who know knows? who knows who's to say who's to say yeah so i um i was excited about the sonic movie i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i was my uh expectations like the bar was in hell so there was no <laughs> way for it to be worse than i expected uh and also it was helped by the fact that sonic was voiced by ben schwartz who i'm sure a lot of people know for like his comedy and for being john ralphio and parks and rec but i know from his youtube days and this horrible video called Yeasketball that is still out there that's y-s-k-e-t-b-a-l-l please google it it is so funny oh my i remember when we first started talking not even dating hanging out and you're like i gotta show you this video you know back in the era of like let's hang out and watch youtube videos together and i was like what back is before this? youtube was produced oh yeah and i remember watching that video and now every time i i watch the movie and or even when i'm watching parks and rec and i see john ralphio i'm like that man is sonic the hedgehog that man is sonic <laughs> that man is sonic okay All right. Is there anything else you want to fill in about your backstory with Sonic before I start the timer? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before I get into it, I will say that something that really caught my interest with the franchise was, of course, the gameplay. I mean, I really enjoyed video games growing up, but I made that comment about Sonic Adventure 2 being my gateway into JRPGs because it was the first video game that I played. And maybe I was just at a formative age where I felt like like the decisions that the characters were making had like like significant moral weight behind it. And I absolutely fell in love with the world, um, which sounds really goofy. Um, But Sonic Adventure 2 was, you know, very, it was very different from a lot of the other games that I played. Like the story really hooked me. It felt like it was trying, it had a message behind it, which, you know, the message behind Super Mario Sunshine was just don't litter, uh, which is fine. But like, yeah, anyway, we, we can get a little bit more into that when we get I'm, to the time. I'm so curious about these 
uh, decisions that have moral weight in a Sonic the Hedgehog game. Oh my gosh. Listen, the ending to Sonic Adventure 2 was like the it, it was so wild that by the time the next Sonic game came out, they just Sega just pretended it didn't happen. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, it's so I should say th- also that the like my only real encounters with Sonic the Hedgehog uh prior to to meeting you was that uh, uh some friends and I used to scroll through DeviantArt late at night to see who could hit Sonic porn first. Oh god. <laughs> That's the most dangerous game It you was play. a terrible game. Uh to be <laughs> honest with you, I've seen some things and I wish I could unsee them, but you know what? I am here to learn about Sonic now and this time for the like third time that you're telling me about it in our history of being together. I'm actually going to absorb more than Amy is the girl. Oh, my gosh. OK, well, I am. I'm so very excited. I am thrilled to be your guide into the world worlds of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, boy. OK, well, let's get started. I'm going to hit the timer. All right. So I guess let's lay out some groundwork. Uh Back in 1991, when the Sega Genesis launched, Sonic the Hedgehog was basically the flagship game that came out. It was a side-scrolling platformer. Uh, I won't get into the nuts and bolts because I'll say something wrong, but I knew that it stood out because of the speed that the game rendered. In 1992, uh, when Sonic the Hedgehog 2 came out, uh, it really built upon that. I mean, anybody who's played Sonic 2 more than a few times knows that you can go fast enough at the uh, chemical plant zone which is the second stage zone in Sonic 2, you can go so fast that Sonic will actually pull right of the screen faster than the game can actually render and keep up with. Does that kill you often? No. Okay. I mean, you might die, but only because you run off into something because okay. you can't see where you are. But uh, but yeah, and so the Sonic games initially started as platformers, continued to, you know, they made Sonic 3 and Knuckles, uh, you know, Tails was introduced into in the second game. Knuckles was introduced as the primary antagonist of the third game um, and has continued to have a really interesting history where he's both like antagonist, but also part of his friend and part of his crew. They're frenemies. Frenemies. Yeah. And I've always I found that kind of interesting. And know. Knuckles is an echidna. That is correct. He is an echidna. Now, don't ask me what an echidna is, because I am not. A... I mean, he his character design <laughs> from what i recall he is like very similar looking to sonic so it's the distinction i don't think matters yes not really but anyway to wrap all that together uh that's like the era of classic sonic right and so you know sonic the hedgehog one two three there was kind of like the the platformer you know 2d era were games. all those like pixel games yeah like the 32-bit style games sure. and so and of course you had sonic eventually break into 3d with sonic 3d which is a really tacky awful game um but all of that kind of stays in the realm of classic sonic which is pretty much sonic and tails are running to beat dr robotnik because he built some kind of giant machine that is going to end the world you know it's a pretty pretty straightforward narrative i think the plot of the first game is there's a giant ship um i don't know if that's the first game or the second game i think it's the first one it's like the death star but it's called the death egg. So, and is that where Eggman comes from? Yes. And so in the original games, he was called Dr. Robotnik as his name. And like Eggman, I think is something that was originally in the Japanese, uh, you know, vernacular made a little more sense, but it wasn't until later that they started using Eggman in the North American releases, more international versions of the game. 
Um, Wait, so is that like actually in the game? Like, does Sonic actually call him Eggman in the games? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I thought that was a fan thing. Not at all. So in the classic Sonic, he's always referred to as Dr. Robotnik. But like the egg motif is there because he's shaped like an egg. It's kind of his whole thing. His floating robots are shaped like eggs, kind of? No, him uh, as a person. Just him as a person. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Pretty sure just him as a person. But so we've so we've covered classic Sonic. Now let's talk about my favorite era, Sonic Adventure Sonic. So, um, <laughs> oh, and this yeah. is going to tie back into Eggman, you say? Yes, it will. Okay. Because for me, as a North American Sonic franchise enjoyer, when the Sega Dreamcast came out, um, one of the, the flagship game was Sonic Adventure. And unlike some of the other ones, I mean, it was a 3D game. So you had 3D environments. It had a story that came along with it. Uh, a common trend that has been throughout the game is, you know, in the classic Sonic games, the point is you're starting on screen left. You need to get to screen right. And then you need to hit Eggman so many times that you you beat him and the yada yada. You fight his robot. And it was more of like a backstory thing that there are like, almost like an Easter egg in the classic retro games for you to find what they called the Chaos Emeralds, which were seven magical gems, each one a different color. They and were Dragon Balls. Are there seven Dragon Balls also? Well, my hyperfixation is in Dragon Ball, <laughs> okay. so All right, I couldn't sorry. tell you. Sorry, a little detour there. <laughs> a little detour. It's fine. But let's just say for the sake of argument that it's kind of like Dragon Balls. Yeah. Sure. And so if Sonic would get all seven of them, he'd turn into Super Sonic, which is Sonic that's yellow and can fly and is invincible. Um, that was more of like a backstory kind of thing um, up until through Sonic 1 and 2. In Sonic 3, you actually start off the game as Super Sonic, which is weird because you basically the inciting incident is that knuckles punches you in the face and steals the emeralds um yeah so i guess maybe not as invincible as i thought but eh, it's neither here nor there um <laughs> but with sonic adventure um as we enter the sonic adventure era the primary plot of the game is that hey there's a awakened ancient creature and dr eggman or Dr. Robotnik is going to get the Chaos Emeralds to awaken it and control it to take over the world. The so you asked about does Sonic actually call him Eggman? And in one of the first cutscenes of that game where Sonic fights Eggman, he says, like, my name's Dr. Robotnik. And he's like, whatever, Eggman. And it's really super tongue-in-cheek. And honestly, I really recommend go to YouTube, look up Sonic, <laughs> Sonic Adventure 1 you know eggman egg, cut scene eggman cut scenes and yeah uh, it's 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 horrible that's okay <laughs> i honestly genuinely thought that that was just like a fan term for robotnik no not at all yeah he actually calls him doctor calls him eggman and then moving forward in some of the other games he just kind of embraces the title oh like like my name is dr robotnik or like like or he'll start introducing himself as like like i am dr eggman and interesting you know, which also maybe the guy kind of has it coming because he keeps naming things egg something it was like like the the death egg and then he has like the egg robot egg walker i <laughs> i yeah it's, he really really set himself up here dude really leaned into the motif put so the like, ball on the tee yeah really yeah it's really his own fault so in the sonic adventure era that shifted from just running screen right screen left screen right fight eggman to all of a sudden, there's like a large scale danger that develops as you play, play the game. And then there's like an end game that you have to play um, for Sonic Adventure one. I'm sorry. Just if you really, really want to play these games that are like 20 years old, pause now, go back and play them. I am about to spoil them for you. But 
Oh, yeah, I should have said that up front. I expect you to spoil everything because I'm never going to play these games. Oh, I'm well aware. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but anyway, so the plot of Sonic Adventure 1, and honestly, the mechanics are kind of clunky because you have Sonic storyline, and then you play as Tails, and Tails' storyline, and then you play as Knuckles, and Knuckles' storyline. And each of the different characters have like their different own mechanics that they play with. Um, and that was kind of neat. And also kind of terrible because then you also have Big the Cat. It's a big purple cat. And he's like a side character. I don't even know why he's in the part of the main story. You have to complete his storyline to unlock the end game. And his whole thing is, I kid you not, you have to go fishing. It is a fishing minigame. There's a fishing simulator in Sonic. Yeah. I mean, all the best video games have fishing simulators, right? Well, like, there you go. There, okay. Okay, I have never in my life heard of Big the Cat. Like, what the fuck? And, and like the naming conventions there. Okay, so Sonic is his own thing, fine. But then you have like Tails and Knuckles, and then Big. He's a in his defense, he's a big cat. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, okay. Let's so let's go into the naming conventions here for a second because it's something that's kind of interesting. Is some Sonic characters have real names, as I will call them. Amy. Amy Rose. I hate that. I hate that her name is a person name. She has a she has a people name. <laughs> so Tails is his. So his his name's a nickname. He's got two tails, right? His real name's Miles. I actually know a lot about Tails. That is correct. Tails is full. He has a people name called Miles Prower, which is just like yes, he has a last name. Oh my god. Yes, he has a last name, and his whole name is a speed pun. Yes. Yes. So you have Miles Prower, just goes by Tails. He's not Tails the Fox. Oh, no. but he's just miles quote tails per hour and uh knuckles the echidna knuckles the echidna because he punches stuff that i guess i don't know that's anything my about. guess i don't know i don't actually don't know anything about echidnas i does he like wear brass knuckles or something or he just like punches people no he just has well you know what now that i think about it <laughs> he doesn't he just has knuckles but the thing that's messed up is they all wear white gloves like mickey mouse Yes, like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> the a, look on your face when I said <laughs> that. That is a tragic yet accurate, inaccurate call. Yeah, they all have gloves, like Mickey Mouse. Like, even Eggman has gloves, which is really weird. Um, and I know that there's like, there is a certain point in the Sonic in Sonic Adventure 2, I think maybe the first one too, where you can get a power-up for Knuckles, which is literally just brass knuckles. And, like, you can punch through metal now. I respect that. Yeah, right? Metal is hell. And, yeah, so, anyway. So, coming back around to... Let's talk about the eras of Sonic. So, I talked about Retro. I talked about Sonic Adventure, where all of a sudden... Right, and we didn't touch on Sonic Adventure 2 yet. No, and I'm saving that because oh you boy. know I, I could probably speak for an entire podcast length. Just about Sonic Adventure Just 2. about Sonic Adventure 2. Oh, no. So, but to recap all of Sonic Adventure 1 is you play as all these different characters on the hero side. So you get to play Sonic and at the very end you have to fight. And But like the, the final boss of each one is a different iteration of Chaos, which is like this which sounds really like awesome and dangerous, but it's really just like if water was a man, like he's just kind of liquid. And every time he gets a crystal, he just gets bigger and more frog like until eventually he becomes a giant world eating water dragon. It's really messed Ooh. up. Yeah. So if, if you say, if you look at no other video outside of listening to this podcast, go watch the 
like cinematic intro to Sonic Adventure 1 it does a really good job like setting up the world. Like if you think about Sonic, most people are like, oh, running around collecting rings and like through the forest. And yeah, we have to fight robots and mechanical capitalism land. And that's very vaguely what it is. But then all of a sudden in Sonic Adventure, it's, hey, there is a world ending event that is happening here. And this very, very talented band called Crush 40 records this absolute banger of an intro song. And you're just like, oh, shit, what the what the fuck? This is Sonic. And it was awesome. It's something that I think really resonated with me. And so at the end of Sonic Adventure 1, you have to fight this giant water dragon. And it's one of those things where Eggman is kind of like not even the most valid danger anymore. It's this giant water creature that has sucked all the energy out of the chaos emeralds and now it's like they're used and now sonic can't be supersonic and everything's awful and i kid you not the, <laughs> the sonic overcomes the end game by all of these people standing on top of these destroyed buildings because a giant tsunami has destroyed the city um and they're like you can do it sonic we believe in you and the power of hope let's sonic pull out the positive energy in these crystals it's sorry chaos emeralds and then he turns into supersonic and you have to like dodge cars and giant waves oh dang and like yeah and it's it was actually really cool mechanically it was unlike anything else that really happened in the sonic games and story-wise it felt like the stakes went from like save little bunnies from being turned into robots to the world's going to fucking end if you don't fight this creature. It felt like, you know, JRPG big bad. And that's why I make that comparison. I think that that makes sense. There's a lot of of bridge between the plot you're describing here in the Sonic Adventure era and the way that a lot of JRPG plots are structured. And I think that they really leaned hard into that for Sonic Adventure 2. Um, and yes, I'm finally getting into it. You open up sonic adventure 2 like and i really mean open up like you launch the game same thing you get this awesome intro you're just like okay it's kind of kind of neat you have the choice to begin the game for the first time as either playing as the hero side or the dark side like is this is this the game that like got memed to death for having like 690 endings or whatever no, that was the Shadow the Hedgehog spinoff. Oh okay, well, let's talk and about Sonic Adventure 2. Let's first. talk about Sonic Adventure 2, and then we'll we'll segue into that. So you can pick your side, which was really interesting. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm honestly not going to sit here and say the mechanics was like the most enjoyable game to play because you played as Sonic, as Tails, and as Knuckles. And on the dark side, you played as Eggman, Shadow, or Rouge the Bat. Shadow and Rouge were both new characters introduced there. And so if you play the the reason why I found this so captivating is if you play the hero side, I know you're dying to hear more about Shadow and Rouge the Bat. I am dying to hear nothing about Rouge the Bat ever again, because she's one of the things that I retained from the first time we talked about Sonic. (laughs) Of all the things. (laughs) I know she's terrible anyway. She's awful. Yes. When you launch the game, because as all Sonic fans do, you're like, what? Dark side? I don't know anything about that. I don't want to play as Eggman. Eggman sucks. I want to play Sonic. You play Sonic and you open up on a cinematic of a military police helicopter talking about how they checking on the status of the captured hedgehog. And you're like, what the hell happened? Sonic saves the world. And everyone's like, yeah, go Sonic. The end of Sonic Adventure one. And Sonic is arrested. And you start the game by Sonic breaking out of this 
helicopter, like kicking his way out of the door, holding onto the wing. He's got handcuffs like dangling off his wrist. And he's just like, like, no in-flight movie. I got to get out of here. Oh, my God. I like running better. And then he pulls out a snowboard out of nowhere and to the sick guitar riff, kick flips off of a helicopter and spins down into a city. And so you start the game snowboarding down a no, there's no snow to be seen, by the way. You're just like straight up grinding down San Francisco on a snowboard before being launched into the city environment where military robots are dropping all over the place. And you're just like, I have no idea what the hell happened to get us here, but I'm so fucking in for it. And so that really sets the tone and the plot of the game. And so just really wrap it up or cause I could really spend a whole Ted talk on it is you later find out that that isn't the inciting incident for the game. You just get dropped into the middle of the story. In fact, I'd say that's halfway through the narrative. If you start playing the dark side, you start off as Eggman. He goes down below into this military facility that's like that you open the game piloting like Eggman in a mech, which, you know, so there's there's parallels here. If you play Sonic or Shadow, you're playing like as Sonic. If you play as Tails or Eggman, it's like a mech shooter kind of kind of deal, like blow up a bunch of stuff. And if you play Knuckles or Rouge, it's almost like a treasure hunting kind of thing. You have to find things, you know, sometimes it's shards of the Master Emerald that got broken and Knuckles is pissed and he's trying to put it back together. Or maybe you're trying to find keys or something. I don't know. It's, it's treasure hunting. But you open up as Eggman and you blow your way through this military facility and he's underground and he's like, I'm trying to find something that my grandfather left behind 50 years ago. That's the really bad Eggman impersonation. It sounded pretty good to me. Like, but yeah, and he goes and he's like, it's the some kind of ultimate weapon called the ultimate life form. And you go and you, he finds Shadow the Hedgehog, which, you know, talk about. Oh, yeah. How convenient. A Sonic clone has been out here 50 years. You just got to jump the shark with it. Sonic, it's it's emo Sonic, right? Shadow is emo Sonic. In very short terms. Yes, let's go with that. He's emo Sonic. OK, so works Sha- for me. And really, Shadow, I argue that Shadow the Hedgehog is actually the main character of Sonic Adventure 2 because really it's his existence and he is the one who drives the plot. Sonic and company just kind of get swept up in it and they're like, they let's stop Eggman. But so Shadow awakens and he doesn't have all of his memories, but his backstory is that he is he was a artificially created life form and he lived on a space station with Dr. Gerald Robotnik and his granddaughter Maria and completely isolated from the rest of the world. Like he's a top secret project. And yeah, I could see your face like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Okay, so Gerald Robotnik is Eggman's grandfather. That is correct. Got it. Yeah, so I don't know, like, time era. Like, maybe this takes place in the 90s. It doesn't. I mean, it takes place on Earth somehow, but also it's timeless. I don't know. It's hard to say because the space colony arc is literally like this giant, like, half moon that sonic goes to space is what you're telling it's, me sonic goes to space yeah that's that's pretty much it uh and so his whole thing is like you know the earthlings wouldn't accept me it's almost like lilo and stitch you know like stitch is an artificially created life form and it's like no we can't have this you know you're an absolute madman gerald robotnik we're gonna shut everything down um and in the attempt to like flee it's <sighs> So I don't know now that I'm older and I have experienced more media, 
the closest comparison is the whole thing between Ren and Vash the Stampede from Trigun. Is I have this mentor figure that's going to teach me to be good, um, and then something tragic is going to happen. But you know, where Vash is like a good guy and he's fun, Shadow's like fuck all of humanity. So I what hate you everyone. mean is that Shadow is millions knives? Shadow is millions knives. Shadow the Hedgehog is millions knives. There you go. There's a title. This that's yep. That's it. Open and <laughs> shut. We're done with this episode. Bye everybody. Just G-G. kidding. <laughs> no, you think I'm done? <laughs> no, I know you're not done because we haven't even talked about Sonic Media outside of the video games, and I know there's a lot of it. There is, yeah. And so, really, the thing what I'm wrapping up to with Sonic Adventure Two and why it was so interesting is that Shadow is the main character. His whole thing was like, I'm gonna help you, Eggman. You've awakened me, and I'm gonna fulfill my previous master's goal of destroying humanity, I guess. And so Sonic gets arrested because everyone's like a hedgehog that runs around really fast and can talk. Yep. That's Sonic doesn't look like him, but whatever. We don't know. Let's throw Sonic in jail. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's of course a jailbreak and all that stuff. But at the end of the game, you go through all this and, you know, the stakes continue to rise. And the whole idea is you get all seven Chaos Emeralds on the space station. You can enable a super weapon. And it's assumed to be like a giant Death Star laser. There's a whole cutscene where they blow up like part of the moon and so on and so forth. But the thing that was interesting is when you complete both sides of the story, like when you beat the hero side as Sonic and you beat Shadow in this big rundown during this infinite space station road, It makes it seem like, yeah, we're going to take the last Chaos Emerald and we're going to stop this giant laser from firing. Um, And if you do the dark mode, it's like, haha, we got all the Chaos Emeralds and I throw them all on the machine. And at the end of both of them, there's just this big warning thing that comes up. And if you beat them both, it unlocks a third endgame chapter. In that endgame chapter, you find out that the laser, whatever that Eggman was going to try to use to hold the world hostage, I guess, um, is only like a red herring. The actual danger is the real artificial ultimate life form, which is some kind of giant dragon lizard thing that when gained the power of the emeralds can like be dangerous. I don't know. The end of the game ends up with you have both sides, Sonic and Shadow, Tails and Eggman, Knuckles and Rouge, and they all have to work together because they're all stuck on this space colony that is like, hey, guess what? Um, we're going to destruct and blow up the earth and it's going to happen in a few hours. And you're just like, Oh shit. Okay. Uh, what do we do? Like Eggman has this moment where he's like, this isn't what I wanted. Like I was trying to take over the world, not destroy it now. Oh shit. Um, and it basically ends with Sonic and shadow working together in their super hype. Like I think it's like supersonic and hyper shadow. I don't know. You can you can Google it. He gets shiny and silver and Sonic's shiny and gold and everybody's happy. And there's this epic space battle as this space station with a giant lizard attached to the front of it is hurtling towards the Earth like a giant nuclear bomb. While this like intense like metal music is playing, you have to fight it together. And at the end of it, Shadow and I'll put this in air quotes dies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. he like falls to the Earth. He's like, Maria, I did what I could to you know follow in your footsteps and forgive humanity that's my shadow impression would you would you say um would you say that okay so maria is robotnik's mom no wait wait shit would you say that shadow is robotnik's older brother well i would (laughs) so notice so many things here 
uh, the whole plot point is Maria fucking dies on the space station. Oh god! And she's like fourteen, so no. Um, yeah, she's like Shadow, be good, and then she like falls over and dies on the console. But it's like GameCube or sorry, Sega Dreamcast era graphics. There's like no blood or anything, but you assume that she just gets shot. I have some regrets about the prediction I made about a game that is twenty years old. That's mm, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's like that. <laughs> But either way, like it's in the part that I say, you know, hey, they tried to cover it all up. Uh, you know, they didn't they didn't know what to do with the franchise from here is after Shadow dies, everybody stands in the control room like the Earth has been saved. The space station is no longer hurtling towards Earth. It ends with this like awesome cutscene where Sonic and Shadow do this like chaos control time warp thing together. And it captures like the whole space station. It was super high stakes um, and Shadow falls to the Earth and is assumed dead. Um but everybody's standing in the control room and you have this moment while these credits roll and the soft channel music where Eggman and Tails are sitting there like, you know, Dr. Eggman's like, was this my grandfather's legacy? Like, I didn't realize that's everything that I'd been working towards. And Tails is like, we can find a better future together. And uh, then there's like a scene where like Sonic is like, sayonara, Shadow the Hedgehog. And then like it closes the door. And like, that's the end of the game. And you're like, oh, you're so you're crying because it's so, you know, oh, God, emotions like there was morality here, like learning, like being a bad guy, maybe redemption. Yeah, it's the whole like, you know, I'm just being a villain to be a villain and then finding out like, oh, shit, I'm in over my head. I'm about to end the world, uh, which is weird that it happened twice for Eggman, but he's <laughs> kind of a dick the first time. So it worked out that that was really an interesting direction. And. I say that because then you have what I like to call the post-Sonic Adventure era. And, you know, we're still talking about video games. I am so aware that we are still talking about video games. Yes. And this. No, it's OK. I don't like. And so from here, I'm not going to get into the weeds, but there's just a bunch of like what I like to call like weird adventures. You've got like Sonic in the Seven Rings, which is like very much. Yeah. How do rings factor in? Like, what are they? Well, they are rings. I know that are they currency do they like power him up kind like, of like in the original games you have to pick up the rings because if you get hit uh, and if it, you have rings your rings spill everywhere but you don't die if you get hit while you have no rings all you need is one but if you get hit while you have no rings like you die oh okay so and, they are like sort of life force yeah kind of like just kind of a general you know oh no it's kind of like a health mechanic really okay yeah but, no i was just curious yeah. what they were yeah no totally and maybe there's a better explanation here or there but um, sonic and the seven rings yeah you have stuff where he's like exploring some like middle eastern folklore you have like sonic the uh, unleashed where he's like a werewolf you have oh god and there's sonic what we call sonic the hedgehog 06 which was a ps3 2006 release where it was like produced by Square Enix. And the only thing you need to know about it was the game was like literally the worst game ever produced ever. And there's a weird kiss scene between a very human person and a very Sonic Hedgehog. And it's really messed up. Excuse me, what? Yeah, I'm just going to invite you to go look that up on your own. Oh, great. I don't want to, but I will now. Mm. I will have to. Listen, some people are into it. I just was not a part of that demographic. So, uh, okay. Here's what it is. Uh, So, so then... Two follow-up questions. Wait, are we to the present with Sonic video games? Yeah, more or less. I mean, there's like one that everybody's been playing lately, right? That is cool, maybe. <laughs> the, 
the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. No, I mean, that one is obviously <laughs> cool. And yes, uh, you need to play that one. But the like, no, there's like a. Oh, you're talking about Sonic Frontiers. Yes, that is what I'm talking. Yeah. About. So Sonic Frontiers, I haven't played myself, but I do find it to be really interesting because the concept of an open world Sonic game is something that's never really happened before. Sonic's whole thing is go really, really fast in one direction. Right. And so even when we made the jump to 3D, you just go really, really fast in one direction. That feels really good. Um, from what I hear, they did a really good job taking that same type of gameplay and just covering it over a huge map. And part of that is, you know, we have the the software, the hardware to kind of render that kind of stuff in real time. You know, we've come a long way from Chemical Plant Zone number two going so fast that Sonic doesn't render <laughs> properly. The environment doesn't render properly around him. But but yeah, and so I think that's the most recent Sonic property. And then over the last 10 years, I will just say it's been difficult to be a Sonic fan on the game side because there's been a lot of really not good games, um, whether it's because like the plot is goofy and things definitely post Sonic Adventure, like they just didn't have anywhere to go. They put the stakes so high with these world ending events that it was like, what are we going to do? I mean, let's just do some spinoff games and see what some happens. Some weird stuff. Yeah. Let's do some weird stuff. Some spinoff games. So Shadows spinoff game, the oh, Emo Sonic spinoff game. I was, little middle school Aaron was so excited. Little middle school Aaron was so excited when they announced that Shadow was getting his own game. And the, I remember the trailer because this was back in the era of E3 playing on tech TV. And I had to have a phone call with my best friend you know, and we got we as we're watching TV together. Oh my god! As this was announced, and they played this produced cutscene where like Shadow is like the city is like in chaos. These aliens are invading, and it's another like oh god, we we haven't seen another like world-ending event since Sonic Adventure Two. Uh, aliens are invading, and Shadow is riding a fucking motorcycle, and he has a machine, and he has a pistol and a machine gun, and he's just like jumps around guns. They, they give Shadow a gun. Is the game. Yes. <laughs> and like you can grab swords and like you you just you're just dropped in the middle of it. Mechanically, this game was a fucking dumpster fire. Oh boy. It was dog shit. <laughs> okay, so what's up with like the 600 endings? Like why were there so many? So much like how in Sonic Adventure 2 they they introduced the mechanic of hey, you can play as Sonic and company or play as the villains and eventually you're going to get to the same end game. The idea was, hey, let's put a tree let you decide as the player because, hey, guess what? Shadow's not dead. He's got a Harley Davidson now. Also, none of his memories from the second game because amnesia. at the end of it, yeah, amnesia. And he doesn't remember anything. Um, and you get to decide, hey, are you going to help Sonic and friends uh, do this? Or are you going to help the military try to fight the aliens? Or are you going to be like, humanity has to burn and like use alien weapons and fight? Yeah, and it was really weird. You like you you could basically choose your different objectives. And this game had so many endings and it was so convoluted and terrible that I never played all of them. I honestly, I honest to God tried and I couldn't get through it. A lot of good things came from the game, like terrible quotes like where's that damn fourth chaos emerald? Like they just made made him curse for no fucking reason. Let Shadow say fuck. Basically, <laughs> and he's just like damn it every time he got hit and it was like needlessly edgy. Amazing. But it, it, it was a thing it happened and the reason why shadow the hedgehog gets memed to hell isn't just because it's a dumpster fire of a game with a terrible plot and he's an edgelord and he's an edgelord that's worth memeing but the endings like there's jumping the shark and then there's like fucking kick flipping over the shark 
with a laser, on a snowboard you stole from an airplane while breaking out of a military facility. Damn I straight. am listening. You sure are. I'm proud of you. Oh God, yeah, it it was bad. Like, and you find out, and it tries to like drop like more shadow lore, where you find out that like it wasn't just Gerald Robotnik that made Shadow. There was also this alien overlord that used his DNA as the root. It is terrible. In fact, so bad that I'm pretty sure Shadow, just in the video games, has so many different like backstories of like how he came about. It's hard to keep track, and that's just the video games. I've spoken for quite a while now, and I haven't even talked about the expanded Sonic universe. I am so, so nervous to talk about this. So here's, okay, so there's what, comics and TV show and obviously the movies? Sure. Well, that, yeah, so let's, well, let's wrap it all together. So we have the video games, like the classic era video games, which is kind of like what I like to call the retro Sonic world. Um, when those games were coming out, Archie Comics also did a run of Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, it has nothing to do with Archie. That's just the the brand, right? Okay, but see, like, Riverdale would is the thing. Riverdale would. And I would. wish that they would oh, the, at this point. Listen, yeah, Riverdale, Sonic the Hedgehog crossover. Amazing. I would actually watch it. <laughs> so, Archie Comics, publishing Sonic the Hedgehog comics. Yes, and so they did Sonic the Hedgehog comics, and you have to remember, like, this is like the 90s, right? So, the like, it's not like graphic novel like that comic book stuff it really is just kind of a cute sunday hey, funnies yeah sonic and friends are fighting against eggman who keeps catching animals and uh you have to like sonic is a part of the freedom fighters with princess sally who's a squirrel oh yeah oh yeah i was gonna ask if they introduced more new characters or if we learned more about a big the cat and rouge the bat <laughs> um so no unfortunately i'm pretty sure they make so they end up making appearances and as they release the characters in the games they found ways to pull them in to the comics now i will admit first and foremost i i don't know the full length of the comics i read like the first 20 volumes because i was really interested uh back in like middle school like i was like 2000 it was like 2006 okay my middle school actually had a subscription to the current sonic the hedgehog comic book which is what like idw publishes them or something S- something like that i'm pretty sure archie whatever whatever their subsidiary of yeah that they, they runs it so um but the art style was really cool the thing at that time that i found really interesting is that it stuck with what i like to call the sonic adventure era artwork so sonic was very cool um and that was his whole thing like retro sonic is cute and small and round right and then sonic adventure era is you know he's not edgy but he's a little more like like you are too slow like i'm cool he's less like chili dog memes and more like kind of a badass wait where did the chili dogs come in like how did that happen that is a damn good question and you know what i should probably have the answer to that but i don't that's okay i'm sure that there are people listening to this show who are also sonic fans who can fill in some of the blanks yeah i know the chili dog thing never came up in the sonic adventure era um but i bet you it's probably in like a game manual somewhere about like sonic's favorite food is a chili dog it was super prominent in the comics like that was like his whole thing like i love a chili dog uh anyway and it's made its way to the movies so you have retro sonic video games sonic adventure video games you have this comic run that started off being kind of cute cutesy and eventually made its way to like continuing to kickflip off sharks is the best way i can say it i remember one of the in the uh, 12 months in the 12 months that i had a subscription to the sonic comic book they introduced like an evil Sonic that fell into a vat of something like literally the same backstory. The Batman villain treatment. Yeah, the Batman villain treatment. The same thing as like the Joker is. And then he came out like green 
And so he's like a green Sonic called Scourge the Hedgehog and he had like scars on his chest. This is some wild shit. Okay, so I actually do remember you talking about Scourge before because one of our one of our dear friends got Aaron like a 50 pack of Sonic stickers and we spent an afternoon going through is this a Sonic character that's legit or is this a Sonic OC that someone drew? And I was unfortunately able to uh, call them out with 100% accuracy. Truly, I am so concerned and curious about what happens in those comics. It's literally everything like Sonic is like so like Sally stuck around as a character like there's a whole plot point of like Tails parents, uh, but they were not really his parents or just posing as his parents. There's a king Sonic eventually becomes king and then there's like time traveling Sonic Shadow continues to just be aloof and they're like, uh, I don't even know. There's like a white hedgehog that's like a wanderer character. I think I've seen that online. Is that someone's OC? Uh, No, I think that is referring to Sonic 06's Silver the Hedgehog. There's a lot of the hedgehogs. Sure. I I wouldn't know, honestly. Yeah, no, you're good. (laughs) But yeah, and so... Oh my gosh! I, I like. There's so many like the hedgehog and like like Blaze the cat and Jet the hawk that get introduced in this weird like post adventure. We're just gonna fuck around. Okay, era. so there's a hawk. So we're moving away from mammals now. Oh yeah, we're moving away. There's an entire like bird, not not a biker crew, but like so Sonic Riders was like a hoverboard racing game, and which once again has stupid stakes. It's like you're gonna race, but also we're racing to the kingdom of babylon death race 2000 (laughs) sonic yeah (laughs) they get wild and it just yeah and pretty much everything that happens in the video games somehow gets tied back to the comics i made no attempt to continue following because they just went everywhere but that's not all then we have our visual medium sonic right so obviously everybody knows about sonic hedgehog sonic hedgehog 2 with james marsden which i really enjoy yes and jim carrey as eggman which he was absolutely incredible like if that's the last role he plays and retires like hats off to you he was so perfect he did such a great job but you have those like the cinematic universe right the sonic cinematic universe if you want to call it that it sounds like they're going to make a spin-off show with knuckles too and so that's probably it's in the same universe and there's something really unique about that if you look at the announcement teaser that paramount plus put out for the knuckles tv show there's a hat in that in the artwork of like it's like a cowboy is it rouge the bat's hat no rouge... is it cowboy knuckles's hat i don't even know how to answer that maybe i don't so... know i've seen pictures of knuckles with a cowboy hat that's yeah. all i know and that's something that is kind of a callback to retro era so earlier at the very beginning, I made a call and said, hey, you're talking about the Paramount produced Sonic Hedgehog movie that technically isn't the first feature. In 1996, there was a Sonic the Hedgehog two part OVA that was produced. And in that, oh, yeah, well, this is a deep cut um, in that OVA, Knuckles wore a cowboy hat with three stars on it. Um, and that was like his whole like character motif thing. I really enjoyed that and sounds like they're going to do that for Knuckles here in the new show, which will be kind of fun. So obviously the moral of all this is like you have these different pockets of media uh, in the Sonic OVA, like the villain was Metal Sonic, who was another villain. Yeah. And he's he's a robot Sonic, not to be confused with Cyber Sonic or at one point you're led to believe that shadow is also a robot i don't know shadow's weird he's got some shit going shadow on. has a lot of backstories from what i've gathered sonic has like 
so many counterparts. It feels like kind of the like Godzilla Godzilla monsterverse. You know like what? Godzilla and Mechagodzilla. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, know. yeah, pretty much. And like sometimes they work together like Godzilla yeah. and Kong. Sure, sure. So, okay, was the OVA like the only instance of um, visual media before the movies for Paramount? I say this with a deep, deep sigh. No, there were two television shows prior to first was the adventures of sonic the hedgehog which came out in the 90s and it very much matches the retro sonic and also beginning of uh the matches like retro sonic and kind of like that beginning of the archie comics run where it's kind of like sonic is a part of the freedom fighters and we're just going to fight eggman who's just kind of this corny villain and it, it was the era of television where like at the very end there'd be a psa where sonic's like don't touch the oven kids like <laughs> It was called Sonic Says, and yeah, it was it exactly just like that. Don't talk to strangers. Don't eat a chili dog off the road. And it's and look both ways. It was bad. Um, but I woke up in the mornings at 6:30 a.m. as a young child to watch it because it was what I had, right? This is before YouTube. There's a Sonic show, I'm gonna watch it. And I won't touch the oven. Thanks, Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the four kids era, which most people know like four kids was like the era of like Yu-Gi-Oh and they, there was like the North American production. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so you can get your there. Like it's not the real Yu-Gi-Oh anime, but they also did a Sonic show called Sonic X. Um, it had a terribly catchy theme song that I really enjoyed as a kid. And I look back on, it, I really cringe now. And I think it ran for two seasons, maybe three. If it ran for three, it didn't deserve a third. Oh, God. It was bad. And the plot is that there's a young, whiny little shit named Chris who's basically like, I wish I had a friend. And then Sonic falls through a portal and lands on Earth. And it's canonically established that Sonic can't swim. Like in the original games, if you're underwater, you have to try to get like breathe bubbles because you're going to fucking die. And then in the Sonic games, like if you fall underwater, same thing, you're going to fucking die. Um, so he Sonic lands in Chris's swimming pool and is about to die. And this like and is about to die. And this 10 year old kid like jumps in and saves him. And Sonic's like, we're friends now. And through the entirety of this TV show, Chris is just a whiny little shit, like the most unbearable, horrible. And he's just a human kid, right? But the plot of the Sonic game is like the Sonic characters are falling here into this into the world and like they're they're finding each other. And also Eggman's like a new world. I'll take over. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that like the second season or the last season, like the whole plot is we're going to go through space. It, it was bad. It was really bad. But the worst part about it is that they drew Sonic with only three spines and it was a really bad look. <laughs> OK, so I have seen many sonic memes do you know the one where it's like eggman comes in and he's like what the fuck are you talking about what is that from <laughs> that is specifically from the comics and i will say that that does happen uh but that has been an altered of course he doesn't come in and say fuck well sure i mean it just looks like it i feel like i've seen it like 3d modeled or whatever maybe maybe i'm imagining that maybe uh oh my god well first of all i will say that the sonic community gets shit posting right like they if, if you i mean there's the like derpy sonic online drawing that made it into the movie right oh sanic oh no 
talking about scenic. Yeah. Oh, it's like, like, you know, gotta go fast. And, you know, that's actually a really interesting cultural point is, you know, Sonic appeals to you know young kids, to adults. Many of us grew up with the media. And so we have artwork. Some of us have OCs. I mean, I remember learning how to draw Sonic and like thinking it's really weird that he has like one giant eyeball with two pupils and like not knowing how to process that. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of really fun stuff has come out of it. Now, some of the stuff is weird rule 34 shit that you and your friends late at night try to find Which on the Internet. Like, we don't kink shame. You do what you want to yeah, do. Exactly. Nothing wrong with it. And then you have really bizarre stuff like there's like a, a meme that I saw not too long ago that was like baptizing a chow which is like this little creature oh yeah and it's like knuckles it's holding him sprites. i'm pretty sure i sent you that one yes and it's like, it's like no it's crystal pepsi it's yeah it's, it's crystal, crystal pepsi. it's knuckles okay. and vector victor victor the crocodile the alligator i don't know uh there's a there's a lot of sonic so characters many characters it's so hard to keep track <laughs> but yeah and i will just say they just do shit posting right and there's that kind of comes full circle. I'm not really big on social media, but if you follow like specifically like the Sonic the Hedgehog social channels like Twitter and Facebook, they just shit post. That's all they do is they take memes and garbage and just say, oh, yeah, I'll just do it. Like, whatever. I mean, the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog is a real full point and click murder mystery game that you can play that they dropped for free on April Fool's this year. So, yeah. And, and that was an official release from the Sonic. That game. is canonically an official Sega release, which I love, <laughs> which is fun. And that's the thing is that, you know, there's a lot of properties out there that take itself really seriously. Sonic Adventure, like I said, went really extreme to like the JRPG level whole scale altering event. And then it was just like, all right, Sonic's just going to fuck around and find out like he becomes a werewolf. He's a knight. He's going to go fight a genie. Like, I don't know. It gets weird. The, the game's got weird. But the fans, like, we just kind of embraced the weird and ran with it. Sonic pun there. Uh, it was enjoyable. And the thing that kind of wraps this whole thing around for me is that you know, why did the Sonic games appeal to me? And the common thread through all of them, regardless of the stakes and regardless of, you know, the bad writing and mechanics is that Sonic was cool and Sonic wanted to do the right thing. And so that really resonated with me when I was a young kid in my formative years. And as I grew up with the characters, I didn't mind that things were goofy and wild because they were fun and Sonic was just fun. I thought Sonic was cool. Um, I wanted to be like Sonic. I wanted to do the right thing and say fun catchphrases and, you know, oh God, now I'm having this epiphany that Sonic the Hedgehog has really influenced how I play D&D. It's a formative <laughs> influence on you as a person and the characters you like. Yeah, I suppose so. But yeah, and it's the whole thing is, you know, you go from Sonic running around just trying to like break robots to free the little bunnies and rabbits out of it to Sonic, you know, flying in space to stop a giant nuclear space station from blowing up the earth. And, you know, that game opens with Sonic is arrested and he's very much just like, yeah, whatever kids, a cab, let's go run around. <laughs> I mean, I wish they would make Sonic say a cab yeah, in a game. Yeah. But like, uh, that was the idea is, you know, Sonic was very much like not complete anarchist, like disrespect authority, but very much like he has in his song because they get songs in the adventure era games uh, written, performed by crush 40 like the the whole song is like it doesn't matter who's wrong or right as long as you know you're doing what you believe is right and that's a pretty common theme for the character and something that's continued whether he's fighting in space or he's surfboarding in babylon for hell knows what reason <laughs> 
All right. So I am trying to think if I have any more questions, but we covered, I think, the majority of them. Did you have anything else you wanted to tell me about Sonic today? I feel like I've covered a lot of ground. You, you know, really have. Sonic's been around for a really long time and has done some really weird things. You know, I think Sonic and Barbie have that in common. That, <laughs> you know, like you went surfboarding down the ancient civilization of Babylon. Who hasn't? Like, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, but overall, like it's very lighthearted. It's fun. It's something that's come full circle and is well aware of how tongue in cheek it is. And at the end of the day, it's, they're just they're just games and they want to be fun and be generally positive. And so with the special exception of the tragedy that is Shadow the Hedgehog, <laughs> I think it's something that's been pretty consistent with Sonic through the years. Yeah. Do you think that you'll keep playing Sonic games as they come out? I know you said you haven't played Frontiers or the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. Well, maybe I'll have to do a little Twitch stream for the latter. Um, but yeah, I will continue to play Sonic games. And the thing that I think is really neat is, you know, as games continue to come out and is, you know, different consoles, different generations, these games will just continue to come out as an IP. There's something really comforting in knowing that I can just kind of go back to my early games and now, you know, it's no longer on a GameCube controller. It's usually an emulation that I play on my PC. But I, I did do that. I have I have them on Steam. I went back through and I played through Sonic Adventure again just because it was like, you know, it's been a while and it's corny and it's fun and I enjoy it. So, yeah, honestly, I will. I'll keep playing. And even if that means I continue to play terrible, terrible Sonic games, I'll continue to find the silver linings in them. Oh, that's awesome. So. I guess that is it for today. Aaron, is there anywhere online you want to tell people where to find you or do you want to say no? Well, I mean, I suppose so. I don't really stream or anything, but if you're curious, you can find me. Uh, my handle is nanoboozed, so you can look me up on Twitch. I haven't streamed in forever, but maybe I'll pop around in some of your Twitch streams and that's that's who I am. Very cool. And once again, I am Audrey. I am the host of Alone at the Table on the Moonshot Network. I am Lady Tabletop pretty much everywhere online, and I publish my games both solo and with Hope Punk Press, my small press. So you can find those things if you type them in the Googles. Speaking of Moonshot, this network is a great place for streamers and podcasters and just really cool people to share their content. So you can check out their stuff at moonshotpods.com or twitter.com backslash moonshotpods, or you can find us at Moonshot Network on twitch.tv. We do a lot of cool streams and have a lot of cool stuff out there for you. Thank you so much to Roma for letting me swap shows with them for this episode it has been a blast to sit here and talk with you aaron about sonic the hedgehog even if sonic over there has been staring at me this whole time i've made eye contact so much i forgot that the sign was behind me but yes no thank you so much for having me on it was a lot of fun and it was just knowing that this is the first and maybe the last time you listen to me and retain <laughs> sonic information i'm glad that we were able to share it with some other people thank you also to kingdom who will inevitably have to edit a little bit more after I hand over my edited version of our interview. And also thank you to Offuscate for the intro outro music. That's O-F-U-S-K-A-T-E on Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud. Our patrons for this month who get a shout out on the podcast are Ver, Becky Scott Fairley, Ken, and Flo. Thank you so much for y'all's support and keep being awesome.
Fuck, I love you guys. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's it for today. Uh, don't eat chili dogs off the road, guys. Journey to distant realms. Explore the furthest reaches of the universe. Survive deadly dangers. Experience matters of the heart. And more in a new actual play podcast. Join me, Audrey. That's right, just me, as I play tabletop games designed for one player. From journaling games to tarot games to even games that take me outside, I'm bringing you along for the ride. Join me for every episode of Alone at the Table.